0: As we were singing, I was kind of laughing at myself for service, but we were singing a great song, It Is Well With My Soul, because I was thinking, last night my air conditioner went out, so um, it was about 90 degrees in my bedroom, and I was just really perturbed by that. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Uh, If we know Jesus, uh, it is well. So, well, good morning, Brookside. It is good to be here with you today. And if you're looking at the front of your uh, bulletin, it says, um, Impact Sunday, You're saying to yourself, what on earth is that? Well, that's when we get a chance to take a look at what's happening in global and community impact, uh, what's going on, what God's doing beyond the walls of our own building. And we're going to do that this morning uh, through a collage of videos and stories and interviews. So this is not going to be your typical Sunday morning, but I'm pretty excited to unpack that with you today. And we're going to be focusing our attention on helping vulnerable children. And uh, we'll get a chance to hear about the work of AAA Center for Pregnancy Counseling and also the topic of adoption. So um, um, I'll be leading a little bit uh, and talking about the issue of abortion this morning. So just let me say right up front that uh, Brookside is unashamedly pro-life, but we're not angrily pro-life or condemningly pro-life. You know, the, uh, the argument or the discussion about abortion uh, seems like, I don't know if you feel like this, but sometimes it feels like it can kind of degenerate into uh, what feels like uh, people on opposite sides of a canyon just yelling at each other, and uh, we don't want to do that. And in the process, I think there's a lot of people in the middle that are in pain, and there's a lot of women and men that have been through the abortion process and they know their hearts are just aching. You know, the stats are pretty stunning. Most studies say that um, in our country, um, by the time a woman is 45, about 40% of the women will have had an abortion in this country. And then one in five of those are done by church-going evangelical women. Now, why do I share that last stat with you? And that's because... In an audience this size, that means there are scores of women who have had an abortion and they know firsthand the the experience of, of pain and regret. And if that's you, I want to make sure that I say right up front that there is grace and there is forgiveness from us, but more importantly, from God. And we want to be the kind of church that... Uh, if that's you, you can talk about your pain without feeling extra shame and condemnation from us. And the same is true for maybe the men, the boyfriends who encouraged their girlfriends to get an abortion, or maybe even the parents who paid for an abortion. So as we dive into this topic this morning, uh, why don't we just, let's just stop and ask uh, the Lord to be with us. We know that God is with us. His word says that, but let's just invite his presence this morning. Let's pray. So, Father, we need you. We need your heart. We need your wisdom. We need your counsel. Uh, We need your love. And, Father, we long to be a church that thinks about this issue rightly, along the lines of what you would want us to do, but also in the same way has your heart that cares for people, regardless of where they're at. So help us, God, as individuals, as a church, To be on the solution side so that we're helping vulnerable children. God, we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, two years ago, if you were here in January, you probably remember that we invited uh, Ed Noble here to give a message that was entitled This Is There Another Way to Talk About Abortion? And I would encourage all of you to hop on our website and uh, take a listen to that. It'll be loaded next to today's service. We don't have time to develop a whole message this morning. So I thought what I'd do is I'd take about five or seven minutes, five or six minutes, and um, maybe give you a couple highlights from that message Ed gave here a couple years ago. As I mentioned, we're focusing our attention on helping vulnerable children. And the scriptural principle, I think, or one of the scriptural principles that compels us is this. The strong care for the weak because they are created in the image of God. Now, let me say that again. The strong care for the weak because they are created in the image of God. You know, a central theme in Scripture is this, that mankind bears the Imago Dei, the stamp, the God's nature on us. Uh, our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit said this at the very beginning of the Bible. Genesis 1.26, he says this, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. You see, the cool thing is that God created man and woman together to be distinctly different from everything else in creation. We were chosen to bear his image. Creatures that could, in a unique way, have relationship with him. And then he gave us a mission to care for the rest of his creation. And then many of you know the story of the Bible. Through man's selfishness, our hearts became corrupt, and that obviously affected our relationship with God but it also affected the mission that he gave us to care for his creation. And our tendency, if left to ourselves, is to exploit his creation for our own gain. And I think this brokenness, this same brokenness, can even affect how we care for other people, which is the pinnacle of God's creation. We don't always treat people as though they bear the image of God. You see that obviously demonstrated in the taking of innocent life through abortion. But you know what? None of us are off the hook. You see, uh, that same brokenness, maybe to a lesser degree, is there when we treat people with disrespect, when we feel freely justified to show them that we dislike them because they disagree with us, maybe on an issue like abortion. You know, many times um, we we can feel like we can... In our minds, at least, even name call. But we are commanded by God to treat people that we disagree with with respect because they bear God's image. Now, that doesn't mean that we agree with their position, but it does mean we care about them as people, as fellow humans. Because we're created in God's image, that means every single life, big or small, young or old, is important. And even sacred. You know, God's Word um, also says that God is directly involved in creating each life. God's care for us begins way, way before we're born. David says this in Psalm 139. Psalm 139.13, For you have created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any markers or any indication of when a person becomes human in God's eyes. And, um, you know, I think that's because from the moment of conception, God is intimately involved in the baby's development. You know the expression um, that we have, uh, out of sight is out of mind? Well, I think that expression might even um, hold some weight in the abortion issue. Because, we don't see the baby in the womb. Somehow, it seems less real or less human. Just like—I uh, don't know if you're like this. Sometimes I feel like this when, when there's suffering on the TV. You see a newscast of people in another country suffering. It seems a little less real than if I see it right here in Omaha. Well, the beauty of modern technology, though, is that we're beginning to see into the womb, and as we do. It's helping people recognize that that baby inside the womb is completely and wonderfully human. It's not just a blob of tissues. And I think it'd be, uh, I thought it'd be fun for us this morning just to take a peek at that. So uh, take a look at the screens. We're going to see a video. I love that one shot in in the ultrasound where it looked like the baby was yawning and stretching inside the womb. Again, our biblical motivation, the principle here is the strong care for the weak because they, meaning the weak, are made in the image of God. But our motivation is also this, the strong care for the weak because we, meaning the strong, are made in the image of God. You know, we are to reflect the character of God, the character of Jesus. Numerous places in the Old Testament, it talks about God being the defender of the oppressed, of the weak, the lifter up of heads. And Paul alludes to this in Acts 25. Now, the context of it is Paul is with the church of Ephesus. He loves these people. He's leaving them, and he knows he'll never see them again. This is his very last time in the church of Ephesus. And the very last part of his farewell speech to them is this tearful goodbye. He says this, Acts 20, 35, he said, In everything I did, I showed you but by this kind of hard work that we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself who said, It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, don't all of us want to be that kind of a a person that helps the weak? And something inside of us knows that that's right. We're at our very best when we help others. And You know that that attitude that says it's better to give than to receive, that's the Imago Dei poking its head out. Everybody, everybody knows in their core that this is the good life. This is what's honorable. And then certainly the more weak a person is, uh, the more responsibility the strong have to defend them. And that's why we, as people and as Brookside, care about pregnancy counseling and also the issue of adoption. Now, last year, last fall, if you're here, we launched an initiative called the Bridge of Hope, and we as a church want to advocate the needs of orphans and foster kids who don't have a voice and who don't have an advocate. Um, I really believe that those who adopt are, um, are, are changing the life of vulnerable kids. They're on the front lines. And adoption can be one of the most significant forms of ministry that a person can choose. It's the strong caring for the weak. So I want to give you uh, just one story of adoption I thought was kind of fun. It's the story of the adoption of Hope. She's a young baby in Ethiopia who didn't have a family to care for her. A precious little girl, a baby just days old, was voiceless, and defenseless, and a Brookside family who stepped in to rescue her. So let's take a look at this story. Let's look at the screen.
1: The value that we saw in adoption was just to learn more about the need, Um, all over the world and so many children without families we just felt like God was leading us kind of in that direction
2: I believe that uh, the value of adoption is inherent in God's character and kind of how he's uh, wired us up what he's communicated uh, through his word the value of belonging and relationship and being in a family
3: For me, it's
1: always been something I've thought about from when I was little, something I've wanted to do. And then hearing more about the need of so many children that don't have families, we just felt like God was leading us to help, to be a part of it in that way.
2: I think it's so cool how God has modeled for us um, adoption and how He chose us and that we're a part of His family and that He redeemed us and brought us into a relationship that we were not a part of. We have this, you know, wonderful gift that he's given us.
1: I was ready. I was ready to take that step um, for probably a couple years.
2: Mary, from when she was young, has wanted to adopt, and that's just been part of her dream and desire. For me, I didn't really think about it much growing up, really, until going to Zambia and interacting with and playing with the orphans and going beyond the statistics of, you know, there's millions of orphans in the world to this little kid, you know, that you're holding, that you're looking in the face and knowing that they don't have a mom and dad, they don't have a family.
1: In Ethiopia alone, it's close to five million orphans, and so there's there's a huge need there. And at that point, I think his heart was open and ready, um, and so we felt like it was the right time. I
2: think there's a number of things that make adoption hard, from the decision to the roadblocks that are in the way to finally bringing your child home and having a part of your family and how that's hard.
1: I think praying for people who are in the process is honestly the, the hugest thing you can do because there are times when I know that prayer was the only thing that moved us from one point to the next. Because it is such a hard process, knowing that you are both completely in all the way um, makes a huge difference. There is a reason beyond just having a, a good, safe, comfortable life. There's a reason I was born here in America. For us, you know, part of that was opening our, our hearts and our home to um, a
2: child that, that needed that, that
1: needed a family.
2: I think adoption has been, our process has been the, probably the hardest thing that Mary and I have gone through, but it's also been uh, so rewarding just to have hope, you know, home with us now and knowing that We've gone through these months and years of kind of heartache and ups and downs and trials. It is,
1: it is a fight for sure, um, but absolutely worth
2: it. It's been amazing the change in her over the last few months and seeing just her heart, you know, grow and her love grow and her open up and just really kind of become herself.
1: Seeing trust build. This little person that you know doesn't know you at all will call you mom, mommy, and daddy she'll feel comfortable in your arms she'll look look for you you know when she's in a room with a lot of people
2: i'm excited just to see how hope how she grows up and as she continues to her little personality um, just grows and, and blossoms i mean she's full of of confidence and of life and of joy i think god has a pretty cool plan in store for her and so to, to see how she's a part of our family and how it's kind of hard now to even imagine what it was like before she was here. But yeah, just to see how God's gonna mold her and shape her and use her in the future is pretty exciting as a dad.
1: I think the value of family for a child is so important. It is their foundation. It's their sense of, of security. And I think it enables them to later on, make connections and relationships with other people. There is a, a sweetness and a joy um, in her that I just love. And it makes me so excited for the next six months to see where, where we are then.
2: There's still, I mean, the years before us, there's going to be hard and difficult things. Um, but just seeing the, the joy and the reward that that has brought um, is, is so worth it.
0: What a fun story. Well, I thought it'd be fun to introduce uh, the Charles to you. So come on up, guys. Thanks. And um, yeah, um, this is uh, Hope Shawl now, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that's that. we will just take a couple minutes here, and um, you know, Aaron, you mentioned in the video, both you and Mary both mentioned there were a lot of challenges going yeah. through this process, and yep. they're not done. Yep. But uh, do you want to unpack just that a little bit of sure. that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a real emotional roller coaster for us. Um, there was a lot of hard days. There was about probably a year added to our process overall due to complications um, with the Ethiopian and U.S. government and our case and our agency and a bunch of different things that just made it really hard and really long. And we didn't know when it was going to end. And um, so that made it hard. It felt like we were holding our breath, not knowing when air would come. And um, but yeah, God was faithful. He taught us a lot about um, trusting him and believing in him and his plan and his goodness. And, uh, you know, we found that there was, in those hard days, it seemed like there was a lot of spiritual warfare, and we had friends that were praying, and that really made a huge difference um, in our lives and in the process. And, yeah, we're just so thankful for our family, uh, our friends, our life group, um, and for our boys, uh, Eli and Micah and Isaac, and just how, mo- how much they've, you know, been helping and loving her now that uh, she's home with us.
0: Yeah. Well, and uh, Mary, um, you uh, talked a little bit about, the adoption and the, so how long was it? I mean, it's been a number of years. So, yeah, tell us it was
1: that. Uh, just about two and a half years. Um, and we even at the end, we weren't really sure if it was going to end. We didn't really see um, anything good <laughs> happening. Yeah, uh, we kind of thought we had months yet ahead, um, but we mm-hmm. got an email, uh, December sixteenth, saying we were cleared um, and we could come anytime. Okay. So. The next Friday, we were on a plane to Ethiopia. Um,
0: wow, one week. There, one week. You bought a ticket. <laughs> yeah. and good. That's awesome. Uh,
1: got there Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day, we got the sweetest gift ever, and Hope became a part of our family.
0: So. On Christmas Day. Yeah. That is such a cool end to <laughs> a hard journey. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, it has been a challenge. Worth it? Yes. Oh Yes.
2: Absolutely,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. worth yeah. it? Absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Well, thanks for sharing your story and yeah. letting us have an opportunity Thanks. to uh, see. She's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> goodness. Um, so, uh, yeah, just a couple things. As I mentioned, we, we launched that initiative, Bridge of Hope. We want to advocate adoption and being a foster parent. Um, if you have any curiosity, maybe you're just beginning to think about adoption. I'd encourage you to ch- check that page out. We have um, some things there. that will set you up, and you can ask questions of people like the Shawls who have been down that road. And also, I want to say that, you know what, we don't believe that everybody is called to adopt or be a foster parent. But there are so many ways that you can help young kids that are foster kids and orphans. Uh, we have a whole list of ideas on that webpage, even from one-time volunteer opportunities, like going to Zambia, like Aaron did, or uh, volunteering at a track camp. I know there's a track camp that just finished this weekend. There are lots of different ways that you can you get involved and help, so I'd encourage you to check that out. And, um, Actually, if you want to watch that video again or show it to somebody, that'll be on that page. Uh, we're going to try to load it tomorrow. So it should be there as well, the Bridge of Hope. So thanks, guys. I appreciate your sharing Thank your story. you. Yeah, goodbye, Hope. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> She's precious. Now I want to turn Christ followers can help the weak and the voiceless. I've invited Michelle Sullivan here to explain the mission and the ministry of the AAA Center for Pregnancy Counseling. And Michelle is the executive director. Uh, Welcome, Michelle. Good morning. Thank you. Good to have you here again. Let's uh, sit down. And uh, Michelle, you've been here a few times before. I have. uh, But there's a number of people out here that that are new to Brookside, don't know anything about your ministry, and uh, it's a good time to share with everybody, maybe a little more expanded, Uh, version, what you've done in the past, of what the AAA Center is all about.
4: Well first of all, um, I want to thank you for allowing me to come and speak Mm -hmm. with you this morning. Um, It's just a real privilege to be able to address the body of Christ here at Brookside and share with you about the AAA Center for Pregnancy Counseling. Our primary mission is to erase the need for abortion through effectively serving pregnant and at-risk women by turning their fear into confidence to the honor of Jesus Christ. Mm And um, we do that by serving pregnant women. And um, John referenced a, a statistic that by age 45, about 40% of American women have had an abortion. You have to realize that it's not just that teenage girl. And any unplanned pregnancy for a woman is, is a crisis. And you know, with the economy and the economic turndown over the last couple of years, we've seen more and more couples come to us and say, we just can't have baby number three or baby number four. So that's how you get to that statistic of by age 45. If you're 45 years old, 40% of your peers have had an abortion in their past. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do focus on that. That's our primary purpose. About 90% of our resources go to serving those women who come to us. And we see about between 150 and 180 women a month um, that think they're pregnant. Um, About 70% of them are, and only about 2% of those are not at risk for an abortion. Um, but we also want to be in our community and be proactive because, you know, once she gets in my door, you know, if she's um, a single girl, you know, she's already made some critical decisions. So we want to be speaking to the youth in our community about healthy relationships and what those look like. And so for the last several years, we are in the schools and we are talking to them about healthy relationships. We're in the junior high health class and in the 10th grade health class, OPS and Millard, Elkhorn, Um, We haven't gotten as many open doors in Elkhorn as we would like, but we're in Bellevue, Papillion, La Vista. Um, And in Millard this year, we're going to be um, expanding into sixth grade. And you're saying, wow, that's really young. Yeah, it really is. But by first quarter, seventh grade, when we're in those classrooms, some of those young people have made some critical decisions over that summer. And so we want to be in there in in the spring session, right before they break for summer, talking to them about what healthy relationships look like and make it age appropriate. You know, what are boundaries? What are um, good friends? What are What is bullying? How to be a good friend? And then we build on that year by year. It's not the same message every time. Um, so we have a team of about five or six speakers. We talk to about between 14 and 16,000 students every year. Um, getting that message out, and so we want. If you have a parent, as a parent, have a difficulty talking to your young people about healthy relationships, we're there to help you. We're a resource for this community. Um, also, we see a lot of young women who are facing this unplanned pregnancy, and now they're going to have this baby, and they're not equipped. They don't know how to care for a child, and maybe they weren't properly cared for. And you can't give something you never received. So we have a parenting program, and we have an eight weeks. Um, Class that they can take from preparing your nest to mom care to baby care, how to to bathe an infant. (laughs) Basic stuff. It's Parenting 101. um, But they don't know this. And so we're helping them be successful moms and dads. Mm. You know, once they're in that situation, you know what, we want to move them forward and have healthy families in our community. So big picture, that's who we are, what we're doing. Um, But at the center every day, it's those young women coming in that we're ministering to as advocates, and I want to mention I didn't mention in the first service. We have advocates there for the guys as well. About 35% of the time, when that young girl comes in, the father of the baby or the boyfriend comes with her. We're walking her through a process of maybe making a better decision, and he's sitting there reading, you know, the sports page, thinking we're having an abortion, and she's maybe changing her mind. But we don't want to set them up for a, a, a big. Um, controversy at the end of the appointment, so we want to minister to him as well. Mm. So we have men who come in and they don't have an appointment, but like I said, they'll see two or three men a day and um, we'll minister to him as well. So um, one of the things we use is ultrasound. They're a a great tool. You saw the great video, showed amazing pictures. Um, It's a tool, um, but you know, this is where God moves. This is the room where all of a sudden this young woman is thinking I might be pregnant to, that's my baby. And she can see herself as the mother of that child and move forward. Yeah. Um, so that's very exciting. We have two ultrasounds, actually. We um, added a second one about a year ago because we were at capacity in turning women away. So we added a second ultrasound, which made more appointments available. And we also opened three more, um, two more days a week. We opened on Fridays and Saturdays. So we're now open six days a week. Um, and, uh, and there's the need there. Um, about 80%, right now this year so far we're tracking it about 84% of the women that are pregnant continue their pregnancies with us. They make that decision for life. Whereas mm-hmm. most of them come in our door thinking, if not intending to abort, abortions on the table, and we're thinking about it. Um, we've had lots of babies. Um, to show you, when they come after they've had their baby, we mm-hmm. invite them back in so we can get a picture. These are some of our, our more recent babies that were born. And I want to share just one quick patient story with you. But she's like so many of the other women that we see, her name, I'm gonna call her Lisa, came in fully intending to abort. The only reason she came to us is because she wanted to confirm for, for sure that she was pregnant, and she wanted that ultrasound so she would know how far along she was, so she would know how expensive an abortion would be. Well, Rachel, who is actually a staff person, was her advocate, and she went through the process with her. And part of what we do is we give her information on all our options. If she's pregnant, there's only three outcomes. She can have that baby and parent, she can have that baby and make an adoption plan, or she can have an abortion. You know what, we trust her enough to give her all the information on all of our options. And we have a a brochure that's called Abortion Procedures, Risks and Side Effects. And we offer this to her because about 94% of the women who have had an abortion felt they didn't have enough information to have made that decision. Hmm. So we give it to her, Rachel hands her this brochure. She actually reads it right there. She's looking it over and she looks up at Rachel. She says, well, I'd never do this. God moves in those appointments. And he may use the the options presentation that we give, or he may use the ultrasound. But we're moving her forward, and we're always measuring where she at. What is she thinking? Before we get any information from her or or we share any information with her, we ask her, if you're pregnant today, what do you think the outcome of your pregnancy is going to be? And after her ultrasound, we ask her again, based on the information you received today, what do you think the outcome of your pregnancy is going to be? And whatever she says... We mark it down in the chart, and we let her go. Mm. You can't manipulate. You can't go worse. You can never talk a woman out of an abortion, but you can give her the information she needs to make a good decision, and that's what we do. So, um, by the way, Lisa's still pregnant. Her baby's due in February. Mm. So we're excited about that. That's that's one story. Mm. Um, This happens over and over again um, every day, Um, and we've had tremendous growth in the last um, several years. We totally redid the ministry back in 2006, 2007. We were averaging about 68 babies rescued a year. You can see in 2008, it was right at 400. Um, 2011, we were at 800 um, through the year. I ran our stats um, for through June 30. Um, we're at 600 already for this year. We're on track for 1,200. Wow. Our goal is 1,500. Lord we shall, willing, we'll get is, there.
0: That is absolutely amazing <laughs> Yeah, when you think about it. And every single one of those stats mm-hmm. is a baby. It's a baby. 800 last year, and right now you've already saved 600. 600 this year, yeah. Just in our city. Just
4: in our that's, city. That's so we're amazing. excited. We're yeah. excited about what God's doing here.
0: Mm. Yeah.
4: But we've had some some challenges. You know, um, our center, for those of you who don't know, is located at 65th and Sorenson Parkway. You say, where is that? You're right. Where is that? Mm. Um, And that's one of the issues that we're having right now is that, you know, we're really pulling, if you can see our zip code back, those red areas and green and blue, yellow would be areas where we don't get very many girls. Um, And they're just not coming that far east. You know, um, we're doing a really good job right around where the center is in erasing the need for an abortion. But the girls that are in West Omaha aren't coming that far. I mean, I don't know if there's a boundary in Omaha, you know, the West roads that they just won't go that far east. I'm just not sure what it is. We're going to do some market research and try to figure that out. But what we would like to do is to put another center in West Omaha, to pull those girls from Gretna, those girls from Elkhorn um, into our center. Because you know what, ladies and gentlemen, those are your neighbor girls. And those girls are having abortions because there are still 2,000 abortions a year in Nebraska, and most of those happen in Douglas County or in Sarpy County, either in Omaha at uh, the Planned Parenthood or in Bellevue at their clinic there. So those girls are at high risk for abortion because number one, they have the money to pay for it, and they have the resources, and they don't want anybody to know, and they just go do it. Um, So those are that's our community, and I live in West Omaha as well. So those are our girls, our neighbor mm-hmm. girls that are having those abortions. So um, we really would like to put a center there. Um, what can Brookside do? Pray. <laughs> Every day's a battle. Some days we come in and there's not one girl scheduled. And by the end of the day, we'll have seen five or six. And we mm-hmm. pray them and it's, Lord, give us our daily patient. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, our daily bread, we want our patients for the day. Because you know what, they're out there, he knows who they are, and he can direct them to our center. Mm-hmm. And apart from him, we can do nothing. So pray for us. You know, um, you can volunteer, men, women. Um, there's always volunteer positions available, and like I said, there's daytimes, evenings, weekends. We're open, um, and we're seeing girls. Um,
0: and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. How okay. you can volunteer.
4: And then there's also going to be a tour, and basically uh, what we call a vision tour is we're just going to bring you in if you would like to attend that tour on Monday, July 23rd, um, and walk you through the process that we walk women through a patient through, so you can kind of see how that works, and and. Um, and uh, just kind of get a visual for uh, what an advocate or volunteer does at the center. So.
0: That's a week from tomorrow night. Yes, it so, is. So, so. It's a
4: week from tomorrow night.
0: Now, um, Michelle, you brought a client video with you to tell their story, one on, on tape. So uh, let's take a look at that. Let's uh, check out the screens.
5: I didn't know where to go. Um, I Googled. Some places online to um, help me, guide me, and um, AAA Pregnancy Center came up, and I had never heard of it before. And so, um, so did Planned Parenthood. And um, I actually called Planned Parenthood because I thought there was no way that I could keep this baby. And. Thank God, the lady was not very compassionate on the phone, and we hung up, and I called here not knowing, you know, if you guys were not knowing if AAA was for abortion, against it, and not knowing anything about AAA Pregnancy Center, and I made an appointment after speaking with Rachel, and then... Going back and dealing with Julie, the nurse, and Pam, the ultrasound tech, and seeing my baby on the ultrasound—I <laughs> I completely changed my mind. There was no turning back. I did grow up Christian, and and I knew. Um, I also grew up pro-life, but when you're in the position, like I said, it's 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 hard to to make the decision you're gonna you're gonna do this you're gonna be a single mom you know um, it was would have been easy for me to not tell anybody go straight to Planned Parenthood have it done with and you know go on my way but you know thankfully AAA talked some sense into me got my head straight and um, and I went ahead and had my son I can't, I can't tell you how much the Triple A Pregnancy Center Center completely changed my life, and how how grateful I am for you guys and everybody here.
0: Another great story of uh, child health. Yeah.
3: Well. Um, been
0: involved for a while. There's actually a few more that weren't able to come this morning, Um, and uh, we don't have a whole lot of time, but I thought it'd be good for you guys to see them and just hear a few of the kinds of things that you could do to help the AAA. So I'll start with you, Rochelle. What uh, what do you do at AAA?
4: I am an advocate, which means that when uh, a woman comes to the center, uh, I meet with her one-on-one, and I... Uh, stick with her throughout her appointment from beginning to end. I get to hear her story um, I get to give her accurate pregnancy options mm. and um, and then if she 's open to it, we have a spiritual discretion. I get to uh, share the gospel with her, which is just the best mm. part and um, she can have a pregnancy test and and an ultrasound and and i 'm there with her the whole time
0: great and you're so you 're an advocate and Michelle you have Openings for Oh, advocates?
4: absolutely, yeah, wow. we have openings for advocates. We Right now, if, if we are short, we actually fill in as staff members to be advocates. And primarily, that's a volunteer position. And, it's, and as Rochelle would attest to, it's very rewarding. Mm.
0: So you get one-on-one time with these women. You have a script, so you don't have to invent something. Uh, so that'd be one way you could get involved. And Val, you've been there for a number of years. How long have you been on AAA? Um, for 11
1: years
4: now.
0: 11 so, yes. years, that's mm-hmm. commitment and tell us what you've done in those years.
4: Um, I started out, like Michelle, as an advocate for about six years and then I moved into um, a role as a receptionist. Um, And this is more of a hospitality type role, it's the first impression, that greeting that woman and Mm. making her feel welcome, offering her something to drink, checking her in. And we do have a need for receptionists as well. Um, And then about two years ago, um, I was offered a position on staff and so that's what I'm doing currently Um, working with the database and with Michelle on statistics, and then I still, though, get to meet with clients about three afternoons a week,
0: which is great. I love that part, too, so. That's great, 11 years. Well, thanks for your commitment, Val. And then Brian has been a huge help to the AAA through the years as a medical doctor. Uh, Brian delivers, if you know Brian, he's always on call for delivering babies. Uh, How many this month, Brian?
5: Oh, huh. Um, Scores? yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's today? Uh, i look at your watch. Yeah, about oh,
3: 10 or 12.
0: 10 or 12, yeah, he said, uh, Brian told me yesterday, it's like, I'm not sure if I can make it because I'm on call. But uh, Brian, what do you do with the AAA? Now
3: what I provide is
2: I'm a medical director being a family practice doc, and so when we give them the opportunity to have the ultrasound, uh, I just sort of look at the ultrasounds and help train the nurses and the technicians uh, and be that medical backup. I would put one plug in there for guys. You know, we we want to focus in on the women, but it takes two to get pregnant. Um, And so many of the young people have never had a loving, earthly father figure in their life.
5: Mm. Mm. And they uh, desperately need that. Mm. Mm. And so I just encourage you, you may not feel like you have many talents, and I certainly don't but God gives you things, okay. and he wants you to uh, show his love by sharing his talents.
0: Wow. Yeah, so if you have medical uh, experience, you could definitely help the AAA. And like Brian said, if you're a guy and you think, well, maybe the AAA is more focused, their need women, they need guys, too. Um, and it, yeah, there's two people sometimes influencing that decision. And we need to help shepherd those guys toward better decisions, as Absolutely. Michelle said. And then um, Kenton and uh, Shirley Miller have been helping for, was it two or three years?
1: We're not sure, but okay. I think, <laughs> yeah. think three. And
0: uh, so tell us, because you have a completely different role, and uh, a, very, a very strategic role. Tell us what you do, Shirley.
1: Kenton and I teach a parenting class to the uh, young women, and sometimes the uh, fathers of the babies also attend. Um, we teach an eight week course, and some of those classes include character development, discipline, um, mom and baby care, to, to name a few.
0: Yeah. And your husband, he watches you teach, or does he? No, involve? we, we uh,
1: team teach. You team and, teach?
0: And uh, who's better? Who's um, better at teaching? Kent is very good. <laughs> okay. I bet you're pretty good too, Shirley. Um, and Kent, uh, what thoughts do you have about the whole teaching, parenting, and so forth? Yeah, having been a parent for 27 years and now a grandparent, uh, we certainly know the challenges of, of having kids and raising kids, but also the rewards. Mm. And so when we have a class of up to 12, which is mostly young women, but occasionally there's the father there with them, and we want to be able to share the, um, the curriculum that the CPC has developed for us, which is biblically-based, and talking about all the things that Shirley mentioned, uh, character development, all those things. And so we hope to give them something to... Um, to look forward to as upcoming parents.
3: Some, some of the kids that come in, I say kids because that's what they mostly are, but um, you know, think they've got it all figured out. Others are really wide-eyed and looking for a lot of input.
0: Mm. So we're hoping to share some, some things with them about being a parent and to give them a better launching pad for their life as a family together. That's great. Um, really appreciate what you're doing. It's so strategic that you're helping the women have informed decision, and then if they decide to keep the baby, there's a number of different ways that you're getting involved in helping. And uh, Rochelle shared with me a couple of days ago that adoption is part of their family story. And uh, she's able to share from first-hand experience that if a, if a woman wants to maybe keep the baby, but then adopt, that is a beautiful thing as well, because there are families in Omaha that want to adopt and are having a hard time finding a baby to adopt. Yeah. So, um, like, like we've shown, there are so many different ways that, that you could help out and get involved. Um, let's uh, let's go up forward here, Michelle. And uh, as we're kind of closing out the service this morning, um, I wanted to remind. I've given you a number of different things, the ways that you could take a next step in this whole area of helping vulnerable children. I want to remind you of a few of them. The first one I mentioned was to listen to a message. Learn how to talk about the abortion issue in ways that are more helpful and less argumentative. Uh, Ed Noble's message uh, is entitled, Is There Another Way to Talk About Abortion? And it'll be loaded, like I said, alongside uh, today's service on our website. Ed's a great friend of Brookside. He's a lead pastor in San Diego, and his wife has actually been, has been working at a, a pregnancy counseling center. They've been advocates of the, the whole issue for a couple decades. Another idea is to read. Read tons of ideas of how to help orphans and foster kids on our webpage, Bridge of Hope. Everything from asking people questions about how does adoption work to getting involved and just helping in one-time events. And then volunteer. We just talked about that. Help support the AAA in some strategic ways by volunteering. There's a lot of different roles. You can look at the website in your bulletin. It says AAA. CPC partners, make sure you say partners. Uh, go to that website and you can find out or you can talk to any of the people that have been on the platform this morning or just email community impact and we'll get you hooked up for that. And then go. We've designed especially for you guys Well, you actually get inside the AAA uh, center and see what they're doing. It'd be a great way just to, to widen your horizons. Um, And that information, if you forget, it's in the bold, and it's also on our website on the newsfeed. The last idea um, I'm pretty excited about, and that's to shop. So um, the AAA has a little store, and it's for the women who keep their babies, these single moms who don't have much money um, with all the baby items. Michelle, tell us about that.
4: Well, as they go through our program, they earn points, and then they can spend them in the baby boutique, what we call it. And so there's... um diapers and wipes and baby bottles anything you'd need for infant care um, that and all what we have in that boutique is what's been donated so they can come in and shop and there's there's volunteers who man that area as well and then they kind of build relationship from there but you know it's just a great opportunity for to bless these moms and encourage them in their decision for life and they can you know once they've gotten through all the classes they can have everything they need for that new baby if they're willing to work for it and so yeah. we want to help them be successful and and also give them the, the um, material things that they need to be be moms. And, you know, moms all want a new, something new for their baby. Little layouts, little outfits, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So every mom wants something new to bring her baby home from the hospital in. So we want to encourage them.
0: And sometimes uh, in a decision to keep a baby or not, for moms, they know they're going to be a single mom. And financially, that's very challenging. This is a way that we can just be proactive and supportive. So uh, Brookside, we thought it'd be awesome to release you, let you go shopping, and in a tangible way, get something to give to the AAA uh, Center. I know generosity is just in your nature, and um, we believe in you, Michelle. Thank we you. believe in the AAA, we believe in the work that you guys are doing as volunteers. And uh, we want to do fill a bag. Yeah, let's give them a hand. Ready to go, guys. So, what we're going to do right now is we're going to do fill a bag, fill a truck, the baby edition, all right? So uh, we want you to go shop right now. We're going to pray to close. But you go out, to, go out from the service to the neighborhood stores, buy something, a baby item, and then donate it to the AAA. You drive right back here to church on the east side. We have a drive-through. You just hold the sack out the window. We'll take the sack and we'll give it, put it in a trailer, and then uh, we'll drive it down to the AAA this afternoon. Um, as you're leaving today, we've got a shopping list. So you don't even have to think about, okay, I don't even know what to buy. Maybe you don't have kids. There's a shopping list right here, and on the back side's a few instructions. Remember, we close at 1.30, so uh, if you go eat lunch or something, make sure you're back by 1.30. We'll be driving down and unloading. We already have volunteers to unload it down at the AAA Center. Now, um, I want to also say this. If you have kids, this is a great family and learning experience where parents can model uh, to give is better to receive and helping others. Uh, So grab your kid and do that. Uh, Just remember, we do close at 1.30. And uh, then uh, Pastor Steve, uh, why don't you come on up and uh, close us in the service. uh, Wow.
3: Yeah. Michelle, thank you. Thank you. you. We're we're just so privileged to have you here today. What you do and loving these moms and dads and caring for unborn children. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't thank you enough. And... Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm really hoping, everybody, that we bless Michelle and the AAA Center and all the volunteers and staff yeah. big time this morning. Mm. So let's just go out and shop our hearts out, all right? And, uh, and be, before you go, let's, let's pray. Yeah. Let's, um, let's, uh, you you want to just stand with me and, and um, let's uh, pray for Michelle and the center and everybody involved. Father, um, first of all, I pray for our nation. I ask God that your spirit would work in the hearts of, of everybody, God, to help them understand the truth of unborn life, Father, the, how real that life is. It's, and Father, I, I pray that, that you also would um, help those mothers and dads who have been involved in abortion. Help them, Father, to understand how great your love is, that it, it, there's nothing outside of your grace that we have done in our life, Father, that would not be possible for to be forgiven. And Father, we we do pray for the center. We pray, God, for those in leadership. We pray for Michelle. We pray for every staff member and every volunteer. And we ask God that, that your Holy Spirit would fill them with with even greater love for each person who comes to be loved and cared for. And God, we ask for your wisdom for them as they, as they talk with each person, as they seek to help them understand. And then, Father, we ask for your blessing. We pray that the goal that they've set, even for this year, that that goal would be achieved, that those lives would be saved. And, Father, we... We pray for your blessing in making it possible for there to be a center out here in West Omaha where it's needed so much. And God, I ask that your spirit would just work in the hearts of churches and believers that we would all come together and, and, and make that a reality, to make it possible. And Father, we pray this uh, for your glory. And we thank you for life, and we ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you. See everybody. i uh, love to see you back with yeah. some gifts. All right.
0: Look for this from the host. Thanks everybody.